Polyhedron is a production of Headcanon Games, LLC. Please bookmark Headcanon Games for the latest in Polyhedron news. Polyhedron is sponsored by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to become a patron of Polyhedron, please go to patreon.com polyhedron. Now on with your show. Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and not like always, we have a very special co-host in the studio today, uh, our very esteemed and honored uh, patron, uh, Miss Kaylee Chambers. Hey guys, how are you doing? Doing good, how about you? Tired, <laughs> to be truthful. Well, uh... Yeah, also, I'm here. Scott's yeah. here. Yeah, I was going to get yeah, to there, you but... You were going to get to there, but you didn't, so I had to do it for you. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, Ryan is not here, because yeah. he's got the sicky six, yep. uh, and we, we, we wish him swift recovery. Yep. But, uh, regardless, the show must go on, and so we have Kaylee here, because we wanted to sort of honor her. She, We don't have a lot of patrons here at Polyhedron. We always want more www.patreon.com slash polyhedron um, and she has been a sponsor of ours one of our bosses for a very long time and I thought and she's local so I thought it would be a very cool thing to bring her into studio and talk to her for a little while uh, as well as be part of the conversation today about role playing games um, so thank you very much Kaylee thank you for having me yeah. no problem uh, we, we appreciate your patronage and uh, love having uh, conversations with you so let's get it on on uh, on tape as it were yeah um, and uh, you Kaylee are directly responsible for some of the improvements that you see here in the studio um, you've never seen it I actually yeah that's right you've never seen those place before we had all this extra stuff nope um, we used to have lavar mics we didn't have the the uh, padding on the walls. Uh, I didn't have a fancy computer, though I bought that myself, uh, and sort of had a much more primitive setup. And because of your patronage, we were able to expand that a little bit piece by piece. So thank you. But let's get to know you a little bit because you're here and the audience doesn't know you that well. Um, What would you like to tell the audience about yourself? Where did you get your start in RPGs? I got my start in RPGs quite some time ago whenever it was one summer I was at my mom's and a friend of hers gave her a computer that had um, bulletin board access on it mm. and I lost countless hours playing this weird game on there called Major Mud had mm. no clue what in the <laughs> world was going on with that and then it also opened up the world of fantasy to me because I had no idea this stuff was out there because I grew up in a very restrictive home. <laughs> and it went from there. Hmm. Well, bless the internet and its uh, and its bounty, I suppose. Uh, it wasn't even the internet if you were going on a BBS system. At the time, yeah, because... Um, oh, I know that well. <laughs> I think at the time where she only had like a 2800 baud in there. Ooh, it was yeah, rough. That's rough. That's ooh. And then it died. Of course it did. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, for the longest time, my uh, my my online experience was modem based, uh, despite my protestations that we could be getting high speed internet access. It took a while. Yeah. I had AOL. I, That's I, where yeah. I went after the BBS yeah. ran out. Yep, yeah, yep, me too. We started with Prodigy, uh, hmm. and then we went to AOL. Oh, yeah, no. I, I, I just remember when AOL was just the like I thought AOL was the internet like uh-huh. that was how that was how young I was no, like no, that's not, that is the internet I had to fight to get onto AOL because the AOL, AOL had internet it had it had worldwide web access worldwide um, web a series was, of tubes yeah worldwide web and FTP and all that good stuff mm-hmm. whereas Prodigy was its own self-contained yep. unit uh, and I did some role playing on that as well some like online forum based and email based role playing on that that was pretty early on. I did did some a lot of chat room stuff. That's what I did there, um, but I, I obviously Damn. I didn't. For me personally, I didn't expand much out until I went to you know a gaming store and did gaming store stuff. When was the first time you like you did your first pen and paper? Oh, actually, I was. It was after I was out of high school. Oh, really? Because, or yeah, um, uh, my mom's boyfriend invited me to a D and D game. Oh wow! And then that was a lot of fun. And then his DM really made me mad. 
<laughs> they all wanted to play. Tw- they were all playing Twink characters in their year-long game. Uh, like, start at eighteen. That's your best set. Go down one uh, each. This is third edition. I made a monk with those kind of stats. And you're already at like level twelve. That's serious business. Uh huh. And then they gave me various other things. I was like, okay, so now you cannot hit me with that tax of opportunity. Well, we're getting mad at you because you're just killing everything. Okay, fine. I'll take no more monk levels. I'll take a level of druid. <laughs> and then they killed the character off while I wasn't there. Oh, that's, that's shitty. That's just shitty jealousy. That's, uh-huh. that's dumb as hell. Because I wasn't there, the DM just pulled out the generic copy of the character, mm-hmm. of a monk from the book, and killed it off. That's yeah. really terrible. That's dumb. That's um, silly dumb. Yeah, it is silly dumb. Well, I'm 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 sad that that was that was a formative experience as far as that's concerned. <laughs> I've not touched D and D since. Oh, I have touched D and D very rarely. It's not my bag. Um, I usually play uh, Meat Shield McSword guy. Like that, that's his name. <laughs> no, you know he literally did it. It <laughs> yeah. was in the game. It was actually kind of fun because because yeah. it was a very no nonsense character. <laughs> um, but uh, Kaylee, uh, actually, before we kind of get on to the news, because we do have some news to cover today, um, what's your favorite game to play? What's your favorite role playing? It could be video game, or it could be tabletop, or it could be live action. <laughs> Very much depends. <laughs> I know that one of my favorite settings for uh, role playing games, even though still never gotten to play in one or even run it, is the Exalted setting. Really? Oh, yeah, it's yep. good. I. Love that setting. I've wanted to run it or play in it for years. Just never can line up with people. It's 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 a meaty thing. It's it's either just playing it is a big is a lot of work. Just in the fact of you have to understand the setting and understand the rule set. But then even running it is even more oh, yeah. uh, monumentous just because of the amount of stuff that can be done by the PCs. And and we've said quite a bit about it, about Exalted on this podcast. Yep. Um, <laughs> Third, third, uh, third Ed yeah, is still the, on my shelf. Yeah, the third edition bludgeoning item uh, is, is on. <laughs> that is head. a lethal weapon. It really is, and uh, <laughs> you know we've, we've said it time and time again. It's it's there's a lot good in it, but goddamn those charms! <laughs> so <laughs> why did you have to do that? Oh yeah, reading those charms is like, oh yeah, just just give me the mechanics, yeah. a little bit of fluff. Yeah, they're hard to read, and there's just too damn many of them. Uh, just give me spheres, give me just some generic narrative powers, and move on. Uh it's uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah. I, I it I still love Exalted myself. It's great. I might pick it up one day. Uh, maybe third edition. Maybe I, you know, honestly, I'd probably just do second edition again because <laughs> I know it. I understand it. It works. Yeah. Um, I would probably just get a Fate like bootleg conversion of it and just play Fate because or, Fate is so much easier. Or, I've heard Godbound is a yeah. good way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a that's a a the same similar themes but much simpler. Actually, I think. From what I understand, it's actually kind of D twenty based. Can't remember. Uh, uh, somebody's that's, that's talked to me about Godbound. That's what I've heard. That it's yeah. kind of D twenty based, but not like full on D and D. It's kind of stripped down D twenty based. Which okay, I'll give it a chance. If it does what if it does exalted style gameplay adequately, I might be able to roll with it. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I would too. I, I just love the setting. The system can kind of take a long walk off a short pier. Um, <laughs> Without some major revision, yeah. But let's it's get into been the problem of it's ever since edition one. I can't. It's <laughs> even edition one had issues just because it was so proto. It was oh, yeah. so, but it was, but it had a pluckiness to yeah, it. No, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, uh, but I have high hopes for it. Some something tells me that it will be possible to take the story path system. Mm-hmm. And 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 the exalted setting, and and maybe make something happen because that's what they're doing for Scion and for Trinity, <clears throat> and the Trinity universe and the exalted universe have some relationships as we've discussed before. Yep. So maybe maybe there's some reverse engineering that can be done because everything I've heard about the story path system, everything I've seen about the story path system, makes me incredibly excited. Yeah, uh, I I think Scion may be your best bet there, buddy, just maybe, because yeah, of the yeah, of the no. of the nature of the, the mythical nature. And the big nature of the setting of Scion yep. and the power sets that are going, they're going to give you. It's like, no, this is perfect for Exalted. It's perfect for what you want to represent demigods to be. That um, it is. Yeah. Uh, but let's get into the news. We've got a cool, couple cool things. Scott, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, White Wolf has announced their Storyteller Vault. Uh, it's coming out pretty soon. Uh, and what it is um, is a kind of a... It's a system 
wherein people can access a lot of uh, sort of layout and uh, in and setting information, um, which they can then use to create and produce their own fan-made World of Darkness products. Uh, and we're not just talking about new stuff, we're talking about layout information so going back to first edition. Um, so you can produce whatever kind of White Wolf-inspired or, you know, fanon uh, product that you want, make it available to other fans, um, and I'm sure, I don't know if it's, you can offer it for free, I'm sure, but there's also a system where you, it, it people can buy these things, uh, and it's a straight system where White Wolf gets half, you get half. Um, and that's incredibly exciting, uh, because that is a level of fan participation, interaction, and compensation, which I think is going to be very exciting and very worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, I, I would totally 100% agree, um, just because uh, I can see White Wolf Entertainment being like, wow, this guy's the most popular writer we got on this on the vault. Let's let's shoot him an email to see if he actually wants to actually do some contract work for us and sort of get the popularity going as well. Oh yeah, it's very obviously uh, a talent searching uh, mechanism. Yeah. Yep. If if they don't use it for that, they have totally missed the point of what they set up. Oh yeah, no, I I don't think that they're they're that that ignorant and mm. like hopefully because of the noises that they've made as they want a lot of they want to get people from all over the world. Um, not just, you know, involved in their games, but they want talent from all over the world because um, what they've said is, like, if, we, if we're if we going to make a product that's based on a culture or a, or a geography or something along those lines, we want someone from that area involved. And this is, this is an incredible way of doing that. So, in other words, trying to prevent World of Darkness gypsies and yeah. so on. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> That, I mean, I could see them writing another World of Dark. Uh, like, if they were to write, say, a World of Darkness Romani book, or, you know, written by an actual Romani or involved with an actual Romani, that be, might be a way of doing that. But yeah, hopefully we won't get World of Darkness gypsies and World of Darkness, you know, racist stereotypes. Uh, kindred of the... Kindred of the... <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Kindred of the East, it, it was certainly not the best that it could do, but... It had a lot of legit cultural information. No, absolutely. It was. It wasn't a. It wasn't chock full of just ignorant stereotypes. They right. made an effort. I don't know who was involved with Kindred of the East. If they had, you know, people of Asian descent or of, a, of Asian cultures involved, but they did due diligence. There's a lot of. There's a lot of legitimate cultural and mythological information in those books. Yeah. So I, I actually would not hold that up as the uh, as the standard of <laughs> white wolf ignorance. Of, um, of yeah, this is the do not do this book. Yeah, there, it's not it's not that. There are others. Like like Kaylee said, there's Wild of Darkness Gypsies, which is probably one of the worst. I, I, would, I would wholeheartedly agree on that. Um, the vault looks really cool. I say people check it out. I think the beta is coming out soon. Yeah, the beta is coming out soon. Uh, yeah, like sometime in August. It's August now. So keep on watch out for that and start looking at the content and seeing what pops up because this could be fill that void before V5 comes out because mm-hmm. as much as we had to say about V5, go back to our previous episode, um, it's good stuff. There's a lot of potential there. There's some wearing, there's some troubling stuff as well. Yeah, it's, it's a very definition of a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we'll see where things go. Um, the news I want to bring up is um, kind of uh, not, der- it is RPG related and it has a lot of cool RPG stuff, but it's not a traditional. Um, I listened to a podcast called The Crack Podcast. Uh, if you go to crack.com, it's pretty sort of a satire, funny comedy info site that you can go to. And the recent epi- one of the most recent episodes, like not this week, but last week, July 31st, um, they did something called Checking In on the Modern State of Dungeons and Dragons. Huh. And it was a very long episode, even for them. This was nearly two hours, but it's a very, very good listen because the main, um, uh, the main uh, host... Uh, man, I wish Ryan was here. He'd help me be able to fill in my gaps real quick. Um, I'll look it up. Um, definitely, I'll have the link to it. But the main host on the Crack Podcast, he interviewed Spencer, the guy who oh, runs... Spencer Crittenden. What? Spencer Crittenden? Yeah. The guy who runs uh, the all the D&D games for Dan Harmon at Harmontown. Oh, and boy. And the GM for Harmon Quest, the animated series. Um, there is also a article 
an interview. He had another interview with a woman named Elizabeth D. Uh, Clear, uh, K-L-E-E-R. Um, she wrote an article called Dragons in the Department of Corrections. It's a examination of the look of using Dungeons Dragons and role-playing in the correctional facility for rehabilitation. Um, sort of as a way of connecting people, maybe dealing with some emotional issues, um, and like helping them have a, a worthwhile experience while they're incarcerated, and then what their experiences are like outside they leave the correctional facility, all through the through the lens of role-playing. Um that's fascinating. Yeah, that's a really neat idea. Um, the I'm going to link, trust me, I'm going to link to the main podcast as well as all the articles and all the little things that I'm about to talk about because I want everyone to go out and look at this stuff. This stuff is really cool uh, because uh, Miss Clear also looks at and does uh, um, cite some reports based on not specifically how role playing can impact inmates in a correctional facility, but also how role playing has been used in therapy for those that may have uh, certain uh, mental uh, illnesses like um, or or certain um, anxieties like uh, people that are LBGTQ um, trying to use role playing as a way of coming out and addressing those mm. those thoughts and those urges and those uh, feelings that they have so that they can become more of a whole person, which I wholeheartedly agree with. I mean, I think we've done entire episodes yeah. kind of around this idea of using role-playing as a mechanism to help people. Yeah. yeah, That's honestly one of the reasons why I get into LARP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds like, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't doubt it. And the last thing they did, and this was a little funnier, but it was great. Um, there is a, so if you, have you ever heard of the, uh, what hot American summer? Oh yeah. Okay. Somebody made an official role-playing game off of it. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. It's called Wet Hot American Summer Fantasy Camp Role-Playing Game. Oh, no. <laughs> they, they they talked about it on the podcast. It's hilarious. You can play anything, but it seems excessively, like, in- intuitive because there's a lot of, like, little mechanics. You can play any... You can play the counselors. You can play the kids. It's all about having an agenda on your character and, like, the funny stuff you get involved in at summer camp. And it just tickled me pink listening to this. Um, and I just thought it was a great closure to a really good, like, strong episode of dealing with, like, role-playing and seeing what the current state of affairs and D&D is obviously the main thrust of the podcast, but role-playing in general. Um, and so please go out and check it out. It was super fun. It's super cool. Um, I'd love to have some of these people on a, at least, like, a Skype interview. It'd be amazing to have for Polyhedron. Um, and that's what I got. I thought this was just a really cool... Thing that people should check out. Cool. So, uh, what are what are you what are you are you playing? Like, what what's the most mm, recent? Crap! I've been so busy because we did. We, yeah, we did our we did some Alacra <laughs> a couple weekends ago. That was that was good. Um, I think the last thing role playing wise I did was I was in my Black Crusade online game. Oh, yeah. um, we're transitioning from the from one GM to the next GM. It's a round robin game. Ah, cool. So we are working with the downtime of like our characters doing stuff while we're getting the new GM online and figuring out we'll have our new first session with him. I think in about a week. Yeah, I haven't done much. Uh, we haven't had our uh, the only regular game I'm involved with uh, is our the werewolf game. Uh, and we haven't had that in a couple weeks. Uh, I've been playing Dishonored again because I want to play Dishonored too, and I haven't played Dishonored in a while. That's kind of a role playing game. You have a role. You have no. You don't have a PlayStation Dishonored. Four, do you? No, I don't. I've got a PC. Oh, okay. I'll Story. give you my copy. If no, that's not gonna work. Oh no. I have I have Dishonored too. It's on my PC. Oh. Because I'm a I'm you know part of the glorious PC <laughs> master race. race. I can see obviously you're yeah. part of the master race. Yeah, no, no that's <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> Only in terms of gaming, um, but anyway, yeah. So that's that's what I've been doing. Um, Dragon Con's coming up, so that's obviously going to be yeah. That's a very big, fun slash stressful time. Um, expect uh, audience uh, that uh, we're probably going to have a cool big Dragon Con update episode just before that before Dragon Con proper. Just talking about some stuff. There's some really cool stuff coming down the pipeline that we'd like to talk about, but just not. I don't want to talk about it right, right just here. Um, and what about you, Kaylee? What have you been playing? <clears throat> Well, obviously, been playing Fractured, right. which mm-hmm. is where I was this past weekend. And then, other than that, haven't done a lot of role playing because I've been busy with school. Well, uh, what are you going to school for? Uh, right now, uh, information technology, but 
once I get my core out of the way, I'm going to swap over to the new cybersecurity program that Ooh, they opened up. Cool, that's lucrative. It Basically, what it's going to do is it's giving me my exact degree that I was going to go for, minus all the cruddy classes I was wanting to not do. Mm. Cool. So it yep. gives me the IT classes I wanted, the security classes I wanted, none of the filler. That sounds uh, right. I agree. Perfect. <laughs> that's what you should do. Um, okay, so we'll just go right into the topic. We don't have, like, one massive thing, um, but something I stumbled upon online that I thought was really cool is this thing. In the month of August, there's this thing called RPG A Day, which is there's a Facebook uh, site you can go to under the same name that gives us, for every day of the month of August, they have a question relating to RPGs. And we're going to go over probably the first 10 in this episode and just kind of commiserate about them and see <laughs> where that takes us. All right. So the first question uh, is: What published our what published RPG do you wish you were playing right now? Um, Kaylee, go. You're our guest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Put you on the spot. Gee, thanks, guys. Well, I know I said earlier exalted, but right now I want to go play Pugmire. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot about Pugmire. It seems very cute. It um, is ridiculous. And I just wish they hadn't gone with D twenty based. Yeah, like that's the only thing. Like I, I had, I actually, I, I was not interested in Pugmire specifically. Uh, it was the Monarchies of Mao that I was mm-hmm. super interested in, and I saw the Kickstarter, and I, I put myself down for a physical copy, and then I saw it was D twenty based. I'm all like, nope, I'm going P. So what you're saying is you're, you're dicest, you're dicest. Yeah, no, it's just I don't like this D twenty system. Oh, believe me, the D twenty system hurts me as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm like. For this, and because it is some of my friends working on this, book, right. I can go for it. Fair well, enough. It is, it is kind of, it is a satire of playing D&D game, but you're all dogs. Dogs. You're yeah. all dogs or cats. Yeah. And <laughs> one of the things I did find funny about it whenever my girlfriend and I were going through it was they take the whole dungeon crawling of D&D mm-hmm. where everyone's like, oh, it's just that, there's no role playing, and make it a part of the setting. Cool. And of why they want to do it. So it's like, Okay, so you just took the entire core of D and D that a lot of people like, eh, and made it a role play aspect. That's interesting. Well done. Yeah, hey. I'm, I'm. I'm sure it's very interesting. I need to get my hands on it so I can look it over. Uh, I'll, like, I'm gonna get the PDF for Monarchies of Mal. Yeah, that'll be a fun. That'll be a fun read at the very least. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that it it. I can't deny that that's a cute idea. And they also it's also set up in a way to um to where you're not having the power gaming because I mean right. I think it only goes up to like level ten. Interesting. Oh, okay. I'm 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 super down with that. I like conservative systems if it's actually a conservative system. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott, what about you? What would you like to be playing right now? Right now, uh, the game that I have the most uh, like Jones for uh, is I want to run a campaign of Amber Dice's role playing games, which you probably shouldn't be uh, <laughs> too terribly surprised about having heard this if you listen to this podcast. It's one of my all time favorites. It's incredibly niche. It's incredibly uh, unique and not your average role playing game. But I've got <laughs> this campaign in my head. I really want to run it. I want, I, if if at all possible, I want to either have it recorded for audio or if we can swing it, some sort of video recording of it. A short like six to 10 session campaign um, because it's been a while since I've run run or played that game and it's kind of in my blood and I need to express that every now and then. So what one would say you have the blood of Amber in, in you? I in fact have the blood of Amber in me. Uh, if only I could find the pattern. Uh, um, are you a prince of the universe? I mean, here I am. <laughs> Born to the king. <laughs> Princes of the uh, yeah, God, no, I have to sing now. the song now. All right, what about you, Matthew? Oh God, I was. That's why I wanted you two to go first because I was really trying to think. There's a couple of them. I think if I could play any game right smack now across time and space, uh, I would want the pat, uh, story path system of Aberrant. Oh yeah, I've been oh, wanting yeah. to play a, a a real die in the wool superhero game because Aberrant isn't your four color superhero game. Uh-oh. It is. 
it is very mature it is very tries to be as realistic as it can be while still having superpowers and I like I think I'm really jonesing for the story path system and I like the set, love the setting of Aberrant and I just want to play it oh yeah um, when when the kickstarters for that come out I'm going to spend so much money yeah oh by the way back to what I said about the news about that podcast mm-hmm. the guys who made one of the guys who made the wet hot uh, mm-hmm. Summer RPG. That's how we got to start by playing Aberrant. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. he, he, he said it on there. I was like, that's what made this one made me think about it. Um, so yeah, I wish I could be playing that and playing a cool superhero. I'll take Scion if if that if I get a cool second, I'll take mm-hmm. Scion. Okay. Um, let's go with the next question. All right, what RPG would you like to see published? All right, I'll start it out. Um, uh, let's see. That's a, that's an interesting one. Um, because it's. Do we think this is like what we know will be published, or like if we can have anything? Have anything? Let's see. Um, what would I like to to like play around with and and and? I don't know. I mean, Trinity, uh, Trinity Universe stuff. That's obviously a thing that's on the horizon. But yeah, um, I'd really like. Okay, here here's here's one that that I'd love to see. Um, I want to see House of the Blooded version two. Mm-hmm. Because that's also on the horizon. Uh, I know John Wick is planning a Kickstarter for it. Uh, and to bring it to bring it back to my first answer, <laughs> he said that the, one of the stretch goals is going to be an Amber Port. Which uh, hell yeah! I will back. I'm not a big. I like Amber. I love the setting of Amber. I'm not particularly mm-hmm. fan of the system. But if John Wick is going to make a system that has that deals with Amber, okay, you oh, yeah. can have all my money. I will pimp it out to no end. I'm down. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go next. Um, if I can have any, well, of course I would want Subnet to be published. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> but if I could have my heart of hearts right now, I would love to see a really good version of Dune. Oh yeah. Really good yeah. political action adventure Dune. Because that is one of the few settings that marries sort of like the idea of like science religion mm-hmm. together and mm-hmm. then plays around with with like galactic politics and I'm like that would be a stellar goddamn thing to play in I'm listening to a full cast recording uh, audiobook of Dune right now Uh, it's really good uh, Dune is a book that I can read an infinite number of times I have read it probably more than 20 times in my life uh, so yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you there. If someone could get a good, there's been a couple of Dune role playing games, and one of them was good, from what I understand. But you can't really get your hands on it because I, they, I may need really... to go do some do some dumpster diving, as it were, there, and I forget find which, it. which version of it. It may be do some research, but I've there's been a couple of Dune role playing games. Most of them have been crap, but I've heard that there's a good one. Okay, I need to I need to start looking down into that. And what about you, Kaylee? What would you want? What would you want to see published? Well. See, there's this really neat game that I got to try out once last year. Uh, okay. I think and, we're getting the hint. Yeah, I think we are. <laughs> Which, of course, comes back to Subnet, and that was an amazing lot of fun that I got to play with, with Scott running the mm-hmm. demo for me and everything, and well, a few uh, others. It's just We're working on yeah. it. It's, 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 it's getting ready. I'm hoping I can find the time to squeeze in. On another round this year, we'll um, see. We'll, we'll make it happen. We will be at, subnet. Will be at DragonCon, um, and Scott should be running the session. Unfortunately, my hands are a little tied, or we'd run an additional session. But um, you should, you should talk off mic, and yeah, yeah. we'll work we'll, something we'll out. I promise. We'll figure it out. You're special people. Is All what right. I'm saying. Question three. All right. How do you find out about new RPGs? Mm. Um, uh, mostly word of mouth. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, word of mouth. I look at drive through RPG every now and then. Um, I have a decent number of people who are involved in the industry uh, on my Facebook, uh, and they make posts about stuff. Um, and well, good thing about I guess one of the good things about our big data dominated lives uh, is that Facebook will put them in front of me every now and then, mm-hmm. uh, and like you know, I'll, I'll get random links to Kickstarters and whatnot. So it just yep. A combination of all those factors that generally I, I, I find stuff out. Um, and, you know, I, I will troll Kickstarter occasionally just looking for indie, good indie stuff. Um, I'd have to agree with Scott. I think Facebook is basically where I do it. Occasionally I will go diving at like slash R slash RPG or something and something on will strike Reddit. my fan. Yeah, on Reddit. Um, sorry. Sorry. Using the lingo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, I'll yeah, I'll just just by that. Occasionally, a Kickstarter will pop up into my feed either on Twitter or Facebook, and I'll dive into that and look at it. But mostly, it's my the top ten sort of things just get thrown up in my face, like whatever White Wolf's doing at the time or yeah. Onyx Path, and I'll see what they're doing, and that's what I pretty much know. It's going to sound like an echo in here, but <laughs> pretty much the exact same ways and crazy people like these guys. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go right on. All right. Number four. Which RPG have you played the most since August 2016? Uh, Werewolf. Yeah, that's... That's been the most regular game I've played. Uh, mm-hmm. Where It's a were- campaign of Werewolf the Wild West, mm. uh, and it's really, really good. Um that's been the most consistent game I've played. Yeah, that's our buddy Jeremy runs it because he's a giant history buff. Um, I've never met somebody more who's more of a history buff. Mm-hmm. And so he's playing a very authentic Western with werewolves. Yep, he makes it he makes it really live with all the historical tidbits and, and, and flavor that he puts into it. Yeah, um, and so that's what we've been playing. The, me and Scott have been probably playing the most since 2016. Absolutely. Kaylee? Other than the LARPs, I've been in uh, still playing my MUDs. And cool. um, Final Fantasy fourteen every so often. Neat. Mm. Uh, okay. Number five. Which RPG cover captures the spirit of the best captures the spirit of the game? This is a little harder because it's a yeah. visual thing. Um, what, if anyone, uh, let's just or let's modify it slightly. What can we remember that we think covers the spirit of? I'll say. I mean, there's a lot. Uh, prob- I'm gonna go with Aberrant. Um, because Aberrant has mm. just this wonderful um, mural kind of, of presentation that goes from the front cover to the back cover, uh, highlighting a lot of the major NPCs um, in various ways. Like some of them are like big, big, full, big, full color, uh, you know, uh, uh, profile shots. Some of them are just like little headshots. Other there's other mm-hmm. them are kind of action scenes. And it really does sort of sum up the variety of what it what it is to be a Nova, um, and and sort of the power and the majesty and the the pervasiveness of what what you can do in that. Yeah, game. that's a really busy cover. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot going because it, it it's one of the few covers that actually does the image wraps itself all the mm-hmm. way to the back of the co- back cover. So if you actually were to unfold the whole thing, you even get more of the menagerie that exists in that setting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm going to go with an easy one. Um, I'm going to go Black Crusade uh, because when you see it, it's, a, it's again, it's a sort of this busy cover, but it's all, it looks like it's straight out of like a death metal cover, album cover, because mm-hmm. it's got guys rocking in the background using psychic power. <laughs> you got this guy in huge armor with a giant gun ready to blow everyone away, and you got another dude like like uh, like just about to go hose down another guy with like something on or like a rocket launcher on your shoulder. Just just big, loud, uh, and very gothic and overly gothic and just just tells you this is not your this is not your high fantasy this is not your D&D this is a this is a cover this is a game that's going to send you places that you may not particularly like <laughs> okay well, what about you what can you think um most of the ones that I have dealt with are all very plain covers mm-hmm. it's like the exalted covers and mm-hmm. there's not much to those really uh, but uh, whenever I do think of RPG covers, the one that generally has always stood out to me is my mind goes back to the Shadowrun games. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, it's not necessarily one cover, but the old Changeling the Dreaming books oh, and that yeah. artwork from the spines, if you line them all up. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's really that cool. Is, that's a, that's a that gla- the, 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 the stained glass, glass yeah. motif. Yep. You're right. No, that's very good. That that, that is a good. Yeah, one. actually, I just thought about that. Like, I just, when you said that, I started thinking Changeling, the Dreaming, and Changeling, the Lost, and in my mind, suddenly started comparing the art, like the outer art style, mm-hmm. very different. Mm-hmm. Because oh, no. well, they're very they're they're very different games. Yeah. Um. I you know I like Changeling the Dreaming, but I think Changeling the Lost is a better game. Um. I love yeah. Lost. Lost. Yeah, I, I would agree Lost with you. Lost is amazing. But let's go on to the All next right, question. Next All right. So you can you can game every day for a week. Describe what you do. Uh, Jesus. Oh, that's going to hurt my brain. All right. What would I do every day of a week if I could game every day? I'd probably have at least two online games. 
Okay. Two different online games. Like one would be Black Crusade, one would be something something fun, something else. I would run at least one of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I could do one once a week, one game, one solid game. Probably I would run. If I ran in something today, it'd probably be Hunter. Okay. Or something like a like maybe all flesh. I've always wanted to try all flesh maybe even because I like zombie games. Mm-hmm. Um, what else would I do? And then I guess I would just like a handful of tabletop and probably one salon. One one salon salon and or alternating uh buffer because I like buffers. Yeah. I want to I want to stay active. I would cert- I would I would take the opportunity to run like a self contained campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, uh, if if I were just gonna do one, it would be you know, you know maybe five hours a day of of a of a self contained you know beginning middle end campaign. Um, a full story arc. Yeah, a full story arc. I'd probably also play a game uh, along the lines of Descent, uh, the board game. Hmm. Uh, oh yeah, which uh, has a campaign mode. Uh, which is very, very, very dungeon crawly, uh, but the way it does its campaign mode is very interesting. I, I you know, I, I don't really like dungeon crawls that much, but that game did it very well, and it was actually very evocative because it had like the big miniatures and the cool dungeon design. I, I would probably spend invest some time playing it. I would totally agree with you because if you're not a big D&D fan, mm-hmm. but that's kind of a way of doing D&D like the brass tacks of D&D, mm-hmm. which is dungeon crawl, leveling up, getting gear, kind of just doing the main and each scenario in those in the board game is very different. Like oh, yeah. there's some interesting objectives that you have to accomplish. It's not just beat up all the monsters. There's other very particular things you need to do in order to succeed in the quest. Mhm. Kaylee, what would you do if you could game every day for a, uh, week. for a week? Probably overdose on Exalted. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like, there's years of backlog. I gotta, I gotta catch up. You gotta and get, catch up. <laughs> there's, there's a jonesing fix. It has not been sated. Fair enough. Oh, I kind of took the question as like, this is your life forever now? Like every day of the week? <laughs> not just what would you do in a week of a gaming? If I were to do everything in one had one week where I gamed every day I would absolutely run something that was like four or five hours every day with my friends be like we're gonna run a full star arc campaign right. within a week and that's what we do all right although I'd probably end up or doing the same thing but probably go more till we passed out yeah. <laughs> fair enough all right number seven what, which is which is today's yes what was your most impactful RPG session Oof. all right I need I need a moment okay um, let's see. Most impactful RPG session. Uh, I will probably go with my retirement in VOD, uh, for mm-hmm. my first character to Lowland Body. Uh, that probably was one of the more, um, personally cathartic moments, uh, just because it was the culmination of a incredibly personal, uh, and taxing character arc, uh, where I basically played out the story of the buddha uh and had my my divine apotheosis which was a long time coming and had there was it was a very hard road to tread um thanks to primarily uh one of the the people running that game our friend dolores uh was really kind of the point person on that uh that particular uh, arc and yeah, going going through that character, going through the trials and the tribulations, having to confront some very dark and personal tests, and eventually come through the other side, uh, was incredibly fulfilling. Um, I mean, I I can say nothing like the the only the little fact that I can put about how that impacted me and you know shaped my my future experience with role playing is that uh, on my right arm I have a tattoo. Uh, which one of the spell verbals that that character used translated into Hindi uh, and like tattooed, like kind of spiraling around my arm. So yeah, I'm going to say that that was probably the best. I remember that. Mm -hmm. I was on staff then. You were. Uh, That that was, that was actually the first time I ever got to game with y'all. Your retirement. That was my start. Really? Yep. Oh man, we're getting, uh, I'm getting old. Yes. (laughs) Moving right along. Age is a thing. Um, you want to go, Kaylee? Do you want me to go? Doesn't matter to me. Okay, I'll go. Um, because I'm kind of taking a cheap, cheap, uh, cheap exit here. Uh, it was also a FOD game, but this was many years ago. This was not my retirement. This was when I basically psychologically broke for about four hours. 
at um, uh, Camp Daniel Morgan. Um, basically, my character found out that he was uh, a trauma victim from a horrible concentration camp and kind of just went screaming out in the night. And that was a moment that I kind of that was a moment after which I was done. A, a I realized I could do that. Uh, that was a that was a thing I could physically and mentally do. But also it, after that moment, I started really seeing role playing in a different light uh it was less about where sort of what i could do and more about what i could experience um that really started and it started focusing the character because of what happened earlier that same game which is i got like half the game killed because we went on a, an excursion <laughs> yeah. to the dark part of the forest yeah you got me killed uh, i got my friends killed and it was a moment of oh my god i got everyone killed and then I had this weird cathartic moment revelation and it broke the character and I had to build him back up and go and I had to say to myself, Matthew, you you personally can be a better person and do better by everyone else that you just got, quote unquote, killed. So you need to. And that's what started me down a very uh, train of self-improvement, personal self-development improvement, which I have to say that is the essence of what role playing is. And I want for other people. So I'd have to say that would be my own, my own most impactful session. And Kaylee? Well, I'll end up using a LARP one as well, but this one's not from FOD. Okay. Um, it would be the four-day that Fractured had, where Scepter had an utter 180, and Scott knows how dark and disturbed and insane she was, because, well, yeah. he ran everything for me. Pretty much. <laughs> and then he's probably like, what What just happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> As she just went down a rabbit hole and became a good person. Uh, I, uh, quote unquote. That that arc is actually potentially coming to an end in the next couple of months. All right then. Uh, yeah, no that that four day was pretty uh, pretty intense. I will say. Yeah, that that was the most hoodwinky thing that you ever did to us. Oh, you, you bastard. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I kind of psychologically tortured about 40 people. <laughs> I'm going to summarize very quickly. He used a four-day, which is very rare for a boffer LARP. It's generally three days. But what he did was he set up in a scenario Saturday that all the things that could go wrong did go wrong in the setting. Like, everything. All our allies were dying. Everything was going to crap. And everyone was getting upset. And we didn't know why. We felt like we were just straight the plot that was staff was just kicking us in the nuts i think we we're all about to just walk up to monster town and start screaming ganking them yeah screaming until people started like dylan and myself a few others uh, we weren't the only ones started going wait a second this all seems a little too convenient mm-hmm. to everything's everything everything that is bad is happening so there must be something going on and we found out that we were being hoodwinked by a whole bunch of dark fae and oh man did we have a kill boner that night <laughs> we were just like all right, your ass is grass. Whatever yeah. we got, you're you're eating it. That was probably the most motivated I ever saw uh, these people going into a fight. Um, because essentially the, the, the fight came down to uh, if you lose this fight, then all of the weird glamour illusions that have been thrown on you for this whole day of shit become reality. We literally had to eat this shit sandwich if we did not succeed. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, and and it was it, it was uh, so. But if they if they won, which it wasn't just a, a straight up like ass beat fight. There was more to it. They had to to do some very some people had to do some very deep personal uh, role play uh, in order to flip the switch that needed what needed flipped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, they, they did it in time. I mean, I, I was, I, w- that for that fight, my job was to have my, my phone out with a timer, uh, and, uh, and sort of manage the time, uh, as far as it, and they came pretty close to the wire, but y'all pulled it out. Um, and I, and I think like, like I said, that was a, a motivation that y'all did that y'all had, but it was also a very beautiful moment before the fight. Uh, when the entire town uh, got together and sang uh, May the Circle Be Unbroken, uh, which is a song. It's an old song. Uh, it was most recently featured in Bioshock Infinite. Yep. Uh, and it was it was just a beautiful moment uh, just to get everyone singing that song together in a big circle. Um, and it was a very organic moment as well. Yeah. So uh, it, it wasn't anything that we 
specifically pushed or said should happen. It was just something that the players started to do. And, um, and everyone joined in, everyone, even those that would be like, no, we're, this is not our thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every, every single character ended up going in. Cause everyone got affected that day. Yeah. Everyone, whatever plot line you were involved in, it took a giant nosedive and nobody wanted that to see that happen, become real. Mm-hmm. No one. So yeah, there was that. All right. Next question. Next question. Enough, enough, uh, you know, doing what commiserating. No, enough, enough talking about what apparently Steve Bannon's good at. Uh, <laughs> um, number eight. Uh, what is a good RPG to play for uh, sessions of two hours or less? Ooh, that's paranoia. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, paranoia is a good one. Call of Cthulhu, maybe. Like oh, Ooh, that's 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 like a that's a hell dive. Yeah. That's that's not a lot that's of percolation. A, that's a, you have a t- stack of ten characters and, <laughs> and you uh, you you run through that shit because you're you're having to fight Yogscoth or something. Yeah. Uh, Kaylee, you got any ideas? I have no clue, but. The Call of the Cthulhu one would have been one of mine. And there's like, also throw out Ninja Burger. Um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with that, but I suggest you heard look of it up. It. Ninja Burger is a very good beer and pretzels role playing game. You uh, play a squad of ninjas uh, who um, must uh, deliver burgers uh, and not be seen doing so. And. <clears throat> You must kill rival. Uh, you must kill kill rival ninjas attempting to deliver like tacos or something. Okay, cool. Uh, so this it, sounds like fun. Yeah. It, it, uh, it, it, oh, I, I I thought of. Oh crap! I just thought of another one that I think it would be good for under two hours. Ah, damn it! Sorry, sorry. If I remember, I'll come back to it. But okay. I, I right. thought about it. Nine. What is a good RPG to play for about ten se- uh, for about ten sessions? I think you already answered this one earlier, Scott. Ninja Burger? No. <laughs> no, Amber. Amber. Yeah, yeah. Amber is good. It 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 can be run as a long uh, long campaign, um, but I mean the reason why I want to run a short campaign is because I want to play some run something that emulates the first five books. Yeah, uh, which is uh, sort of the classic Throne War scenario, um, and that that scenario is designed to be resolved, um, and uh, you can very very keenly wrap a campaign around that idea. So, no, I'll agree. Amber's a good one. Um, I mean, of uh, uh, it's not something I would probably do, but I can imagine that a good 10-session D&D game is a thing. Mm, that, absolutely. That exists, you know, a very tight campaign built around, you know, a fighting a du- going through a specific dungeon or or fight fighting a particular lich or dragon. Yeah, it'd be good because for if you were like I have a 10-session game, game arc here, you don't have to worry about leveling really. You don't yeah. have to worry about like points changing around. You're just like you're a character, role player character, do the thing. See if you guys can do it. Maybe uh, level up once or twice. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe. Uh, for me, actually, surprisingly enough, uh, and I keep harping on this, Black Crusade is actually really good for a short contained story because um, the compact system lends itself to uh, discrete objectives. Like, you want to accomplish the big goal, so you need all these little goals to accomplish before you can get to the big one, which means you can easily put 10 sessions cap on it and... Each session is a is a one of the smaller goals to accomplish the big goal. Done, easy, moving right along. I'm actually gonna go different different from what have most been most of my answers and go with Deadlands Hell on Earth. Ooh, that's Ooh, a good po- yeah, it's yeah. right, post apocalyptic. Ooh, that's that's a good choice. Yeah, yeah I've 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 never really played Deadlands. Yeah, I'm familiar with it, but it's cool as hell. It's another one of the settings. Like, I've wanted to play it, but. I've only gotten to read the books and everything. Mm-hmm. This is so good. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's, good and juicy. It's really cool. I've always wanted to play Hell on Earth because you can play a rad mutant priest mm-hmm. of... It, it's awesome. You're, you're, you're a radiation Jesus. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's a cool, great setting. I can definitely see a cool, like, solid 10-session narrative of Hell on Earth because you have, again, discrete things to go do because mm-hmm. you're scavenging. Cool. Um, well, let's get to, are we on the last question? Yeah, we're, uh, no, well, question 10. Where do you go for RPG reviews? Ooh, that's hard. Um, I, right I, here I, at Polyhedron. I, yeah, Polyhedron, <laughs> absolutely. I, I don't actually read a lot of RPG reviews. Um, just because, you know, I guess, Facebook, like like I said, I, I have a lot of people who are involved uh, and, and active in the RPG industry. Uh, and, you know, they tend to post, you know, their thoughts about games. 
Uh, and that's, so I don't really tend to go to a lot of like one to 10, you know, review sites. Mm-hmm. It's just not something. Uh, that yeah. I don't actually know too many like legitimate, I wouldn't say they're all legitimate, but like big news sites uh, that have solid reviews. This is kind of why I started Polyhedron actually mm-hmm. is because there wasn't a lot of places on the internet that just straight up and down tell you and review, try to review products because most places you get video game reviews, sure. Yep. You can get those all day long, but like pen and paper stuff, not really, because either they're pimping it for themselves, or they're saying, hey, buy this product, but nobody really, I mean, there's probably a, a large <clears throat> chains of blogs that mm-hmm. sort of like, hey, we're an RPG blog and we view RPGs. I'm sure there are, but they're going to have their own niche. Like, I only review D&D supplements. That's yep. what I do. So I don't have a lot of places, like one or two places that I go to for RPG reviews. I find whatever I like and then sort of dive into it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like, I don't really go with the faceless place reviews. I go to my friends, people that I know and trust mm. who share similar tastes. So and if they're recommending something, it's probably going to be something that I may enjoy. And the cool thing about, like, I think, pen and paper is... If one person's got the book or the PDF, you're like, hey, you want to don't trust my review on it. Come play it and yeah. you can assess mm-hmm. however you want to assess on the value of the RPG. And my kitty cat's one inside and they're not <laughs> going to come in. Um, but yeah, that's the last question we had for today. Sure. Um, again, Kaylee, thank you very much for coming out. Thank you for having me. And thank you for your support. Um, guys. Glad this, to give it. <laughs> guys, this is what you can do. Come a patron today. Get our support. We'll have you on. We'll use Skype calls. We're always trying to grow this audience. So please go to patreon.com slash polyhedron. Give a buck. Become one of our bosses. You'll never miss the money, but it'll help us out tremendously. <laughs> um, go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're getting this. Give us a five-star review. Get us visible. We want to expand. I know we're getting some new listeners, and I thank you and, and welcome. If I hadn't said that already. Absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah. And if you want to give us feedback, you want us to have topics for the show. We are at uh, polyhedron podcast at gmail.com. Um, and we're on Twitter at polyhedron cast. Um, and I am at by importance on Twitter as well. And I am at Divis Molkav. Um, Kaylee, it's up to you if you want to let everyone know if they want to contact you or they can contact mm-hmm. us and we can contact you. That'll be better because I really don't use my Twitter anymore since I don't do the web show that I was on much okay. anymore. Okay, that's well, fine. If you want to talk to talk to Kaylee, shoot us an email and we'll we'll uh, we'll lobber the question. Yeah, absolutely, and we'd love to have you back on at some point in the future. Okay. All right, uh, for everyone, uh, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. That feels weird to say. Brian usually says that. That feels weird. <laughs>